Hey, good morning. Hey, I am Charlie, the lead pastor here. If you're new, man, really glad you're here. I know we got some extended family here from out of town. Really glad that you're here worshiping with us today. Um, welcome. Hope you have a hope you have a great morning. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. We had a, we had a pretty good one. You know, it's always a mixture of of stress and 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 fun and relaxation. But it was a, it was overall it was a good week for us to connect with the family. It was kind of a crazy week. People have been asking me all day. Um, for, for, for varying takes on what's going on with the Arkansas Razorbacks right now. It was kind of a cr- crazy, crazy week. It's kind of a crazy week. And um, here's the thing that's interesting. When you have kids who go to school with the kids of the, the coaches and the people athletic department, you start just kind of a different idea about this. Sometimes I think that we think our sports is like some sort of, some sort of show that we're watching on television. Right and and like as opposed to like real families and real people. And I tell you, there's some real families and some real kids and everybody just kind of. I just I just encourage you, man, just to consider that, especially since we live in this town with them. You know, this is this is a, this is it's an odd time. I know probably not the thing that you thought I was going to say, but um, I have some other things I can say too, but not here. Um, so we're um, we're in, we're wrapping up a series. Uh, we've been talking about Moses. We've been talking about the purpose that he had in his life, that God kind of um, designed the circumstances of his life to have this incredible impact, to be the man that God would use to free the, the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, that God designed these circumstances, but you know, Moses kind of steps outside of, of, of God's plan for his life a little bit and ends up, and ends up killing someone and has to flee, but God redeems him because God will redeem everyone. He'll redeem anyone. Right, and so God does that, and then through all these miracles, um, we God just does this incredible thing through Moses to free them and to essentially loot the superpower that had been enslaving the Israelites for for hundreds of years, and then takes them out and does this incredible thing, the Red Sea that we're going to talk about here a little bit more in depth here in just a second, and um, God just keeps doing all these miracles, right, and 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 we just see Moses fulfilling this great purpose. And what we've tried to do over the course of these last several weeks is to kind of help us put ourselves in the mind of Moses. Like maybe we could be Moses. And I think sometimes we think, well, we can't be because there's probably not anything on that level that God is calling us, any of us, to. But it doesn't really matter the, the magnitude of it. I promise you this, that God has designed you for a purpose. God wants to use you to have a significant impact. And if you make an impact, Really, in, in just a couple of lives, you're having an eternal impact. And so that we want to, the God to kind of, we want us to view our lives and say, man, God has a purpose for me too. And we've been talking about this with our mission statement that God's called us to reach people to become fully devoted, world-changing followers of Christ. And we have a the kind of church, man, that we hope that no matter how broken and hurt or wounded you may find yourself right now, that, that, that God can can speak to you and heal you and help you find life in Jesus Christ. That's important to us. And, and if you find yourself in kind of one of those states, man, you're the reason why we have that mission statement on the wall. You're our mission. But we hope that eventually that you'll get to this point to where it's not just simply where you're thinking, man, what can this church do for me? But you're, God, you just are so excited about what God's done in your life. I don't want to just simply be the mission for the church. I want to help. I want to help with this mission. I want to see how God can use me in this community to make a difference in the lives of other people. 
But even beyond that, we kind of want you to go to this next place where you come here, you kind of help us, but then you realize, man, God has given you a mission. And I've highlighted some people over the last few weeks that have been doing some incredible things. And I've been talking to some people even over the last couple of weeks, people who have realized, maybe just even through this series, that, that God has placed them at, at, at particular jobs, placed them in particular locations. Like it began, this, this one guy said to me this week, I think, I think I realize, man, God has put me here because he wants me to make a difference in the lives of these people. But I think that may be my purpose, that how, how can I help these people find Jesus? How can I help these people find hope with God? And it's really cool to see God just kind of building that purpose into the life he's already created for you. Because I think sometimes we think that I have my normal life, and then there's my church God, Jesus life. But what if it's all one thing? And God is wanting to, in your life, use who you already are and where he has already placed you for an incredible purpose. And so we have these great stories with Moses and God doing all these miracles with the plagues and how he freed them from Egypt. And, and they come to the Red Sea and they feel trapped by the sea that's in front of them and this, and, and this army that's now chasing them from behind. And God does this incredible miracle where the sea parts like this and they're able to walk across on dry land. And as they're doing that, God raises up this kind of sandstorm to distract the Egyptian army and releases this at just the right time so that when they pursue them and through this dry land on the sea, that just at the moment that Israel gets to the other side, the water collapses and takes out the army that was there to kill um, the Israelites. And sometimes I think that we look at that story and we think, man, if I ever lived through something like that, my faith in God would be unshakable. That if I ever saw God work on that kind of way, that kind of miracle, that kind of power, I think my, my, my faith would go, that's all I need. If I could just live through that, if I could just see that. The problem is that these people did see that. And it didn't work out so well for them. The very next time that something bad happened, they were complaining and fussing and, and, and upset with God again. And you just begin to think, man, how can you see God move so powerfully in, in your life? And then just what seems like just like a minute later, be frustrated with God, be, be disappointed, be, be disconnected. How, how, does, how does that happen? And, and how about this? And how can we avoid it? Is there something that we could do? Is there some way that we could avoid this? And so as we're kind of concluding this Thanksgiving week, at the same time we're concluding this series, to kind of go back in the timeline, this is we're going to look at in Exodus chapter 15. This is immediately after. This is immediately after the Red Sea. They've crossed to the other side. The Egyptian army has been taken out. And what happens here is the first recorded instance of a freestyle rap. Right? It's always amazing to me because it's not the only time that this happens in the Bible where something happens and then it says, and then and then so-and-so began to sing. And it's not like you, you it's, it's some song that's been around for a while. They're just making up these songs just right here, which, which, which we do in our house all the time. So I, I get that. You just kind of just start making up songs. And so they have this song that they just, uh, just started singing. And um, I don't know the tune, so I won't be singing, which you can put on your thankful list. All right? Exodus... Chapter 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. 
both horse and driver, he is hurled into the sea. So talking about the chariots, right? So the horse and the driver is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. He's my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of a sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them, I will divide the spoil, I will gorge myself on them, I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass by. Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. So what they did right here at the end, I mean, it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, they just saw God do this incredible thing in their lives for their entire people. They saw this incredible miracle, and they did the right thing. Man, they decided, man, we need, we need to thank God for this. And so they all just kind of joined together in this kind of this, 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 this song, and just, they're just incredibly excited and thankful to God. And so we see in them, after they see God move, this heart of thankfulness. And, and, and I think it's important for us to kind of recognize in the same way that they did, man, when God does something incredible, it's important, man, that we express thankfulness. Not just at Thanksgiving, but really just kind of just have this heart. And the fact that they had this in this moment was great. And if they had somehow managed to hold on to this, this attitude they expressed, because there's so much going on here, there's more going on here than just them kind of generally being thankful. There's a lot of depth here in this song and kind of their attitude and the thing that they're pouring out. And I believe if they could have held on to it, they could have avoided this kind of cycle of frustration. And for those of us, Maybe God is doing something really cool in your life right now, or maybe you kind of feel like maybe for the first time or for the next time, man, I feel like God's really active and, 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 I, and, I, and, I, and I want to do who God's called me to be, and I, I don't want to lose it. Or maybe you're in the spot where you're looking back and think, man, I, I remember when, when, when I really felt like God had purpose for me and, and my relationship with God was strong, and, and, and I lost it. How do I, how do I get it back? And I think that, that in this passage... In this song where they pour out their hearts to God, I think there's an answer of, of a pattern, a mindset that we can have that will allow us to kind of keep our relationship with God vibrant. And we'll start with this. 
be specifically thankful. Be specifically thankful. They did not, there was, it was not just a general. It was like, hey God, that was really cool. Man, just kind of thanks for, thanks for being there. Thanks for being God. Thanks for blessing us. I mean, that's all really good. It's really good to kind of have a general thankfulness. I'm, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful. But they were very specific. This thing that you just did, where the waters came out, that was kind of crazy, and then we were walking on land, that was crazy, and then they were chasing us, and that was scary. But at just the right moment, the water came down and kind of took everybody out. That was incredible, that very specific thing that you did. Thank you so much for that. Because sometimes what happens is like, you know, hey, you know, if we were to go around right now in the room, which we won't do because it's awkward, we go around the room and say, hey, guys, would you just tell me what you're thankful for? Well, I'm, I'm thankful for my life. I'm, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my health. And we just kind of speak generally about kind of just, I don't even know if thankful is the right word. I, there are things in my, some of my life that I enjoy. But thankful really, I think, has the idea of, I, what is something that God has done for you that you want to thank Him for? So it's not, I'm thankful for my job. God, I'm thankful, thank you for giving me this job. Thank you for giving me favor with the people that interviewed me so that I could get this job. Thank you for the continued favor that I have with the people that I work with and work for that I still have this job. Thankful for the money. God, I thank you for the money that you're bringing into our home through this. I thank you for the relationships that you are allowing me to build. I am very thankful because I think it's important for us to think about it because what happens when we do this is we're not just sitting there just kind of having an attitude of I'm, I'm glad I have these things, but it builds in us a deeper, uh, more significant awareness of God's activity in our lives. It's not just that you happen to have a good life and that's fortunate, and you should be happy about it. But I believe that God is actively doing things. It was no fortunate coincidence that made the waters part and then come down at just the right time. It was an act of God. And the thing that you may be experiencing may not, it may not feel like it's on that level, but I assure you the same God is just as specifically active doing things in your life. And so for me, if you were to ask me, Charlie, what are you thankful for? I mean, the general answer would be, I'm thankful for my family. But that again, that's just a way of saying I'm happy that I have a good family. What am I thankful for though? Well, I'm thankful for the wife that God has given me. I thank you for the 23 years we've been together. I thank you that for every year that we've been married, I age a year and she ages two months. It's really awesome. It makes, it just, you know, it's really cool. And, and no one now, no one even believes that we're the same age. And she would like you to know that we're not because I just had my birthday. She's, she's only seven, can you believe it? Like, like, look at her next time. Like, I'm only seven months, I'm only seven months older than her. It's crazy, right? But in more seriousness, I'm thankful that God has placed in her an attitude that says, I'm in this forever no matter what. I really am. Because we've had some hard times. We've had some difficult circumstances just kind of external to us. We've gone through some rough patches. I mean, there's times where she and I have, have, have kind of not, not been great with each other. 
But God placed in her this commitment to say that marriage is no matter what. And, there, and there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a peace that comes from that. And I'm very, very thankful for that in her. And that God put that there. And it's and and created and built in her the amazing woman that she is. I'm thankful for my two teenage daughters. And, and, and how God is, 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 is shaping them as they are making this transition from kids to adults. That, that, that they have conviction. That they have character. That, that they are really seriously thinking through what does it really mean to be a mature, godly woman instead of just being a kid? I'm very thankful for that. And I'm thankful for all the circumstances that God orchestrated behind the scenes to place this amazing baby in our home six years ago and that, 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 that God would, 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 would do that and allow us to adopt her. And I'm thankful for the joy that she brings to our family every day. These are things that God is things that God did. These are things that God is doing. And can we just say, can we agree that there's a difference between that and saying, I'm generally thankful for my family. I'm grateful that I have a good family. And I think that if we can go to the next level and, and, and be really specific about the active things that God is doing, it will cultivate a different attitude in us and ultimately a longer-term, more strong relationship with God, one that can kind of avoid some of these fluctuations. But even still in that, that's a very self-focused thing. And again, I'm not knocking being thankful. Being thankful is way better than being not thankful, right? Being thankful is good, but there's a downside if that's where we leave it. If we just leave it at, God, you're doing great things for me, it can have the tendency to become very self-focused. But this praise, this thanksgiving song that Moses and the people are singing, it's not just about them thanking God for doing stuff from us. It goes to another level, which is they admire his character. It's not just, man, that's a really cool thing you did for me. Because all that by itself can lead to a very, like, like, a, like I'm the center of the universe kind of deal. Like this is all about me. And God exists to do things for me. But wait a second, there's more than that. There's the character of God. He does good things. What does that say about him? And so just to look at one verse, in verse 11, they say this. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. So when you talk about holiness, you're talking about different, separate, that you're just kind of in another class. It's like, man, the God who can do stuff like this is way different. He is bigger and greater and more powerful than anything else out there that's calling itself God. There are lots of things out there saying there's God. There are lots of people out there worshiping things they say are God or God's. This God, very, very different. And not only that, man, he's awesome in glory. When he comes, he comes big. That was not a small thing he did. Oh, God, look, he can do this nice thing for you. No, he did a huge, crazy, big thing. And it's amazing. And they take some time to kind of go to that next level and say, man, it's not just that God is doing good things for me, but these things that he's doing good for me reflect a character in him that is to be admired. And so now it just, it just switches a little bit in your brain. This isn't about just what God is doing for me, 
my self-focus. It's about what God's doing for me, a self-focus, but it also adds to that a God-focus, that I can admire God for who He is. So it's not just simply about me. And so I'm not just generally grateful that I have a family, that I have a good family. I'm not just generally grateful for that. I'm specifically thankful for some very specific things that God is doing. The protection that God gives my family. I mean, some of you are already in this place. I'm telling you, you don't get over it when, when your kids start driving. I, I'm like, I need to ask my mom. I mean, I'm like 40 some years old, right? And um, does it still worry my mom when I drive? Right? I, 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 I still get worried. I get worried. And God protects me. God is protecting me. And I'm very specifically thankful for that. And I'm specifically thankful for my wife and, and, and the character that she has and the way that she takes care of us. And, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm thankful for all these things. What do these things say about God? Well, one thing I have to confess is that God, God does incredible things in my family that I don't remember to pray for. I can't remember the last time I prayed, please, God, please still let my wife want to be married to me. I just don't pray that. Um, I take it for granted. And God is a gracious, good God that, um, that does great things that I don't ask of him. And that's a pretty cool quality. God's not just an answerer of prayers. He's a giver of blessings that we don't ask for. And that's an important thing to think about. God is a protector. God is, God is he's, he's, he's a lover of hearts. He, he, he gives great attention to detail. God cares about the individual. How can you be that big and also care about the day-to-day of my little family's life? How is that possible? That's incredible. That's an incredible characteristic. Like I can imagine somebody who cares enough about a specific situation to get involved. And I can imagine a God who is so big that can kind of, with his breath, bring the universe into existence. But can I imagine a God that's both? That is so big that he can speak the world into existence? And also uniquely and specifically cares enough about this, this precious little baby that was born in Washington Regional six years ago to orchestrate the circumstances of her life to place her into our home. That's who God is. That's pretty awesome. It's a pretty awesome God. And I think it's important for us. It's important for us to kind of go to the next place. I mean, God has done these things for me, and this says great things about God. And so now if I'm trying to kind of maintain a disciplined, long-term, solid connection with God, then I'm going to say, I'm going to be specifically thankful. I'm going to be kind of on the lookout, on the lookout for specific things that God is doing in my life. And then I'm going to go beyond that, man. When God does something, man, what am I going to learn about God? What does this say about His character that I can praise Him for? But even still, if that's kind of where we leave it, that still has a bit of a self-focus. We're just still thinking about God's doing this thing for me, which is good. And because he does these good things for me, that says something about him, which that's even better. I'm bringing God into it. But now still, I could still be limited by a perspective that my relationship with God is about what God does for me and what that says about him. It's just me and him. 
And so I have a self-focus, I have a God-focus, but I think there's another level that we need to go to, and that's this, that we need to reflect on the impact. This thing that God did for them, it did not only affect them. This had kind of an earthquake, a reverberating effect all over the known world. When something like that happens, word gets out. You don't need internet, you don't need television cameras, you don't know anything. All you need is one person to see or hear about something like that, and, and it will get out. This story of what happened with the plagues in Egypt and the story of the Red Sea, it, 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 it preceded them. Everywhere that they went, they knew about it, and their story after story after story, including one in particular, including one in particular where um, there's a prostitute named Rahab. And she's in Jericho, and, and Joshua, Moses, kind of heir apparent, sends out some people to, to go check out this place and see what God wants to do to kind of uh, take over the city. And, and Rahab sees these spies and says, you, you got to understand, uh, our, whole, our whole town is afraid, our whole city is afraid, because we know about this God, and we, we've heard about what he did. But then she goes to the next place and says, and, 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 and I want to I come with you. I want to worship, and I want to follow this God. And so it wasn't just what God was doing for them. This was impacting people in, 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 in nations, Hundreds of miles away. And, and you see that in their song. It's, they talk about it. It's like, man, the nations are going to hear about this, and they're going to know about you, and they're going to be scared. And they're going to recognize that their God's not like you, and that you're the real God. And they recognize that the thing that God is doing in them, that God is doing for them, has impact, which this goes all the way back. To Genesis chapter 12, when God calls out Abraham, who was kind of the founder and the, 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 the patriarch, the original, the first Israelite. He says, I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a great nation. But let me tell you why I'm blessing you. I am blessing you so that every other nation in the world will be blessed through you. And my blessing is not meant to end with you. I'm not blessing you so that you can be blessed. God does bless you because he likes to bless you. But the blessing is never meant to end with you. I bless you so that you will take that blessing and pass it on. He loves you, so he blesses you. But it is never, ever intended to end there. Don't hear me say that God doesn't want to bless you. Of course he wants to bless you. And he blesses you because he loves you. But that's not the only reason. And it was never intended to be so. He, he blesses you. He blesses you so in part that you can bless other people. And so he did this incredible thing so that not just that their nation would be protected, but that all of the nations would know who the one true God is. And again, we see this in this incredible story of Rahab where she finds faith in God because of what he did at the Red Sea. But more than that, you want to know something real interesting? You go to the New Testament, you look at these genealogies of Jesus, turns out, she becomes Jesus' great, 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 dot, 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 grandma. What? What? And so this impact that, 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 that God had in this moment not only impacted the nations around them, but had a significant long-term generational impact, including in the family line of the very Son of God, Jesus. 
who ultimately then comes to give us life so that we can worship God, so that we can have a relationship with Him through His life and His death on the cross. The impact of this moment reverberates throughout history forever. And I'm telling you, the same blessing that God is giving you can have the same kind of an impact. God is blessing you, but He is blessing you so that you can be a blessing to others. And so I'm very thankful. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my wife. Very specifically, I'm thankful for the marriage that God has allowed us to have. And and through that marriage, we've been able to meet with dozens, if not by now a hundred or so, couples over the course of our marriage to be able to help people who are going through the same things that we've gone through and to be able to love and encourage me. God has blessed our family so now our family can bless somebody else. God placed this awesome baby in our home in part so that more and more people could get a vision and a picture of what it would really mean to open up your home and so that we as a church can be a church that loves and rallies around families who have a heart for more than just the people who are born into their homes. And the impact that this is going to have will happen for generations long after we're gone. And so I think it's important for us If God is renewing in you a purpose or giving you a purpose for the the first time and you're thinking, man, I want to have a... I I want this to be a long-term change. Then I think it's going to require kind of an attitude adjustment. Where I'm going to be somebody who is not just generally grateful, but I'm specifically thankful. And then, then I recognize that the specific things that God's doing reflect some incredible character. And that then the purpose is to make a difference in the world. And so we have some time to reflect, as we always do at the end of the service. And I just encourage you, man, just to go through those steps. Just go through them right here. Go through them in these steps where you're like, I just, I mean, God, what, what's, where you're just thinking specifically about the things that God's done. And just thank Him. And then just reflect a little bit about what it means to, about Him. What does it say about Him? then just, just, just dream a little bit about the kind of impact that it can have big picture the things that God's doing in your life right now so as always you can just stay at your seat and worship that's a great way to reflect there's uh, reflection stations there in the back there's, there's prayer candles there's a cross where you can pray there's communion that you can take there's some people in the prayer team that would love to pray with you we have an opportunity to give. Man, what an incredible uh, example of that. And God has blessed you specifically with finances, in part, so that you can then bless your church and the world through your giving. A very specific application that we all need to make, make a regular discipline in our life to take what God has given us and invest it in the work that He is doing all around the world. And to give it back to Him because He claims that it's His says it's his and so I recognize the blessing in my life I recognize God's presence and I use what God has done in me to bless others so as we pray as we worship as we give let's start to build a different kind of attitude 
about what it means to be thankful. Let's pray.